Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you for your kind words. Pastor James and Tam are probably two of the kindest people that you will ever meet. And it does my soul good that they are looking after you and they have an empathy about them that is that uh, reflects probably the, their life journey in so many ways and that enables them and empowers them to empathise with all, everything and all things that you're going through. So I was reminded recently that when you hand the baton on in a race, and I was thinking about this because our nine-year-old granddaughter attended the... Um, she was in the relay team... Uh, representing the far north coast down at the Homebush Stadium on Thursday. So we're watching her race on, um, on the internet and the screen and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, the baton change went really well. But when you do a baton change, that's not the end of the race. And so the baton change that we have done to these guys means that the, the race is still going on. And, and you guys are all part of that and together we're in it and I was thinking in worship that um, that uh, I love the sense that it was us it, it wasn't just the team as phenomenal as they but there's just this sense of this is us in worship and it was very very precious and powerful to me so uh, thank you for for that sense of us in in worship and uh, I loved hearing Brody's story about freedom. My just probably the key indicator I'll be looking for with uh, with Brody is if he's still supporting Tottenham Hotspur, then he's probably not truly been set free. I'm just wondering, you know. I know, I know. They're top of the table. They're, uh, they're head by five points or whatever. I knew that were coming out. They've got Ted Lasso as their coach. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, we come around your word today. We're so grateful that we get to experience moments like this in the sacredness of a holy place and a holy altar. And we thank you, God, that you love us so much. We thank you, God, that you don't take us as seriously as we take ourselves half the time. And I thank you, God, for this opportunity to gather around your word. And I pray that as we open your word and reflect on some thoughts that there may be something that would settle in our hearts and shift us in some way closer towards you and being more a reflection of what you are doing on planet earth and so we thank you for that today in Jesus name amen thank you team you may grab a seat um as uh Deb mentioned before, one of the things that's, that I've been uh, so fortunate to um, be afforded the opportunity to do is to walk alongside pastors. So I'm working with a, a group called Partners in Ministry. And so, the, uh, and Partners in Ministry is to, has been set up to actually walk alongside pastors right across the country, cross-denominationally. And so I've got a part-time role with them and uh, walking alongside probably over 30 pastors and chaplains and so on now from um, 
Launceston to Longreach, actually. We're not, I'm not walking from Launceston to Longreach, but I'm walking alongside pastors who are in Launceston and in Longreach and all the places in between. And it's a real privilege uh, to be part of that broader expression. And so I'm thankful for that, but that's a little update of what we're doing. So I understand that the series that you've been on is uh, A Better Way. Is this the last one of that series? Okay, so I get to crash land it for James, for Pastor James. That's awesome. So I don't know about you, but uh, when we're driving in the car and our communication skills are to the fore, like um, I will like to go one way somewhere and Deb thinks there's always a better way and that gets communicated often. And it's even if it's... 1K down the road to the shops, Deb likes to go the back road and I like to go the beach road. And, you know, there's even a better way when you can drive anywhere. I think in Canberra there's a better way to everywhere you go because we were reflecting how when we first moved to Canberra 12 or 13 years ago, we got lost so many times going round and round in circles. But I haven't been lost once since I've got back this time, which is... um, so that's got to count for something. But there's an even better way. And um, I just, I don't know about you, but do you ever look at what's happening in the Ukraine and wonder if there's a better way? Do you look at the Middle East and wonder if there's a better way? Do you ponder the voice referendum process and wonder if there might be a better way? Do you ever reflect on your own personal response in the heat of an emotional outburst with a significant significant other and wonder if there might be a better way? Do you ever wonder in the depth of your own soul about your own internal motivations, insecurities, fears, anxieties, prejudices, selfishness and wish there was a better way? There's a famous historical figure who spent the first half of his life as a spiteful, angry young man, condemning, vilifying and vigorously persecuting people in the name of religion, who ends up having an encounter with the very face of love, writes many letters of encouragement and admonition as a result of his changed ways, many of which form the basis of the New Testament that we hold today, and affirms to any and all who may care to listen that there is, in fact, actual fact, an even better way. Today we're going to explore aspects of the writings of the Apostle Paul that reveal to us that, yes, there is a better way, and that way is love. I was reminded recently that every person that, when you preach, uh, you deliver a sermon, every single person is sitting next to their private puddle of tears as they listen to the Word of God. And so I don't know what your private puddle of tears is today. I don't know what's shaped it. I don't know if it's grief or loneliness, fear or anxiety, insecurity or pain, injustice or maybe unanswered prayer. Uh, Maybe it's hope deferred or dreams shattered or ideals that have been diminished. Maybe it's just a sense of overwhelm of life. Maybe it's love lost or betrayed. But I believe that today the Holy Spirit wants to 
deposit something significant into your soul, a fresh take on love. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says this, But desire the greater gifts, and I will show you an even better way. And then the next chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, it says, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Uh, that, that, those four phrases encapsulate so much. Bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. Not some things, not one or two things, but all things. All things is a comprehensive and inclusive phrase. And it, it's meant to emphasize the depth and extent of love's qualities. It suggests that love is not limited or selective in how it behaves or responds in various situations or circumstances. It's like, I can bear all things except the fact that Tottenham Hotspur are the top of the table at the moment. I can bear everything else, but I can't bear that. No, we've got to bear all things. I think all things in, in this scripture we're talking about underscores the idea that love is comprehensive, enduring, and unwavering in its commitment to others. It's, there's no exception to all things. It encompasses a wide range of qualities and behaviors and determines and demonstrates love's steadfastness and resilience in the face of life's complexities. So... All things that come your way in life, all things that challenge you, all things that push your buttons, all things that trigger you are covered by love. Love is not warm and fluffy. It is gritty, determined and resilient. I liked what uh, Eugene Peterson writes. He says, love is not a word that describes my feelings. It is not a technique by which I fulfill my needs. It is not an ideal, abstract and pure, on which I meditate or discourse. It's acting in correspondence with the response to God in relation to people. Love is about our response to people and our relationship with people as inspired by God. I find immense challenge in the invitation to love because it does involve other people. I can't bear... It's, not, it's like love is outworked in context of other people. Bearing, believing, hoping, enduring are very empowering words. Responses to initiatives that you choose. Then you're not a downtrodden. This isn't a portion of scripture that paints you as a victim or... You know, I've just got to bear all things and I've just got to believe all things. I've got to hope for the best and I've just got to endure till the end. Actually, no. It's you making a decision to live life from an empowered place and perspective. And so it's far from that sense of uh, defeatism or um, victimization. Far from that. So... Turn my notes over. Don't preach as much these days. I kind of lose the flow a little bit. So bear all things. Do you find things unbearable at times? Do you find your significant other unbearable at times? 
Now, I'm, this is not a confession session. We're actually getting on really well. I don't, want you, I don't want you to have this impression that we don't. Oh, I've got to be in big trouble after this. I can tell. <laughs> Already in trouble, that's right. But do you find things unbearable at times? Maybe you even say it to yourself, oh, just, this is unbearable, I can't do it. But, but love has the capacity to endure and carry the burdens and challenges of life and relation, that relation, life and relationships may bring. It doesn't give up or become overwhelmed easily, but remains steadfast and supportive in difficult times. So there's something going on the inside of you and I as Christians that enables us to bear all things. Doesn't mean to say they're going to be fun. Doesn't mean to say we enjoy it in the process. But there's, there's a resilience of spirit and there's a bounce in our soul that allows us to bear all things. Believe all things. Love is characterized by trust and faith. It believes in the best in others and gives them the benefit of the doubt. It's something that you choose to do. You are empowering yourself to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure they didn't mean that when they said that thing. And so we go to this place of trust and faith. We don't jump to negative conclusions, but choose to have confidence in the intentions and character of those that we love. So we, we, we are deliberate in how we're thinking about the people that we love and that we're engaging with? What do we place in the gap? When there's, when there's a gap between you know, what our expectation sh- thinks it should be and the reality, what, what do we do with that gap? Do we fill it with trust or do we fill it with suspicion? You've heard me talk about this um, many times before. But we can choose, I think when we believe all things, we can choose to fill the gap with trust. We can choose to, to think that there's actually perspective or understanding or insight that I don't have that would influence what's going on here. And so I am able to believe all things because I choose choose to fill the gap with trust. So we choose to place trust in the gap. People who have been betrayed create the same gap over and over again. And so if there's a sense that we're wrestling with betrayal that can be incredibly hurtful, We've actually got to choose to change the way that we approach this and not allow that same gap to come and fill our lives over and over again. Now, I don't want this to sound simplistic or idealistic because I know how hard all of this stuff is. But I'm going to get to, uh, in a a moment or two, just the, the, the undergirding thing that will sustain you in this. So we can bear all things and we can believe all things And we can actually give the gift of trust to people when we believe all things. And so we decide to trust people. And it's something that we cognitively decide to do. So we're bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things. Love maintains a positive outlook and holds on to hope, even in the face of adversity or uncertainty. It looks forward to the potential for good and improvement, rather than dwelling on negativity or despair. I think Pastor James was talking about hope earlier in, in the service. Hope is something that, that is 
is residual in our soul. It's what we can live out of. And so it's like, I'm not going to hope for things. So when, we, when it talks about hope, hope, uh, we hope all things. It, it's like there's this undergirding sense of, well, I know things aren't going well at the moment, but, but God is going to come through somehow, some way. There's, uh, love empowers us to hope all things. The fourth then is endures all things. Love perseveres through challenges, hardships and trials. It doesn't waver or, fault, or falter, but remains committed and resilient even in the most trying circumstances. And so we're able to endure all things. Does that mean that we just tolerate every bad thing that comes our way? No, it doesn't. But there is an endurance that comes and a resilience that's, that, that rises in us. Bearing, believing, hoping, and enduring all things. A better way doesn't have an answer to all things. A better way isn't able to explain all things. It can't resolve all things. A better way is something that's deep on the inside of us. And so that becomes the, the essence of what we're actually working through here. The capacity to bear, believe, hope and endure all things comes out of who we are in Christ. The security that comes out of a deep and unshakable confidence of our relationship in Christ. And so when we live our life on that basic foundation of our relationship in Christ and the security that comes out of that, the security that our heavenly home is is assured that uh, the peace and contentment that comes, just the, the clarity, it empowers us to do the, the bearing and the hoping and the believing and the enduring that we actually need to do. If I could have the worship team back up, please, that would be great. This empowers us. Our relationship in Christ empowers us to live free from fear Experiencing peace and contentment, full of purpose and meaning, and functioning in a way that enables us to differentiate, and that, that is to live out of our value system, which is always going to be contending against the societal pressures to com compromise. But if we're secure in Christ, we have this ability to be able to differentiate, which means we live out of our value system that the world doesn't understand and doesn't get. And yet, it's something that actually motivates and inspires us to move forward. I am secure in who I am and how I can engage with others. I make the decision in love to bear all things that come my way from people that hurt me or whatever, or his intentions are not pure. I'm, I, I, I make the decision to believe all things, to hope all things, to endure all things, because you know, our time here on earth is, 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 is finite. I'm secure in who I am and how I engage with others. A better way, I think, starts with a better question. A better way starts with a better question. And I like the question that Andy Stanley asks. He says, he poses the question, what does love require of me? Because if love is the better way, then the question is, in any situation, what does love require of me? What is my response because of love 
What does love require of me to bear all things, to hope all things, to endure all things? What does love require of me? It's a clarifying question. And I love what Brody was talking about earlier about how the clarity that came for him going through the freedom course. But I think, I think to ask the question, what does love require of me, is, is clarifying. But it's a terrifying question because it's then going to put a sense of responsibility onto us to respond in a certain way, in a Christ-empowered way. It's a terrifying question. And it, you know, it's, it stands guard over our conscience when we ask that question. Because it's like my conscience uh, is guided not by, you know, expediency from my situation, but actually what love requires of me. And quite often what love requires of me goes against what I actually really want to do. It goes against my natural fleshly response. But the question, what does love require of me, is a hugely challenging question. And what love requires of me is what is better for those that I'm communicating with. And so it becomes this, again, this sense of community in as much as what love requires of me is what's best for the other person. It doesn't we're not talking about what love requires of me is for me to exert my, extract my own revenge and that sort of thing. What love requires of me is what's best for the other person because it's fundamental to the Christian faith. The one another thing, everything. We're looking out for one another. We're believing in one another. We're forgiving one another. We're supporting one another. All those one another scriptures, they're the things that are being carried and borne out in, in, our, in our life. And so what love requires of me is to want the best for the other person. And so if we build a community of people, which is you and me, that respond out of a place of wanting the better for the other person, then our community will continue to grow healthy and strong and be attractive to those who are struggling in this world today. And so my invitation to you, my challenge to you is that there is an even better way. And that is the way of love. Can I invite you to close your eyes? Um, and I'd like to invite you to stand as well at this moment. Heavenly Father, we recognize that our intentions may be good, but our capacity and ability to carry out are challenged. But I pray for every person here that they would have this deep-seated sense of security in who they are in Christ and that they don't have to prove anything to anybody, to anyone. And that out of that place, that sense of security, that sense of love, acceptance and peace and contentment that comes from walking with Christ, they don't have to prove anything. And because of that, we can bear all things we can endure all things. We can hope all things. 
because of that, God, we can live in such a way that brings love and that we live out of what love requires of us. Father, help us not be deaf to what love requires of us. Help, help us not be resistant to what love requires of us. Because as our community grows and enlarges, it is an even better way. Father, I pray for those of us here today, and just maybe that puddle of tears, that silent private puddle of tears that's sitting next to them, is maybe just uh, distorting or contaminating the sense of being able to live a better way. I pray you would bring healing, release, bring grace into, into those moments, God. And I thank you, Father, that each and every one of us would have the courage to hope all things, to endure all things, to bear all things, to believe all things. Father, help us dare to be those kind of people that live out of an even better way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.